Welcome to the Myelin and Melanin podcast with Dawn and Dana. Though season two came to an end a couple weeks ago, we are really happy to bring you a bonus episode on a topic that we've been discussing lately on our YouTube channel, and that topic is resilience. Yes, we were happy to have a fantastic conversation with Dr. Brandon Bieber, who is a neurologist and MS specialist in California. He also wrote a book um, that's incredible. It's uh, called Resilience in the Face of Multiple Sclerosis. His book was recently published, actually, um, this year in October, I believe. So I definitely suggest everyone read it. It's really good. So without any further ado, take a listen to the conversation that we had with Dr. Bieber about the book. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Bieber. We really appreciate you taking time out to talk with us today. Thank you, Don and Dana, for having me on. You're so welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what inspired your interest in working with people with MS? Well, so I, I'm in Los Angeles, California, and I'm a neurologist and I specialize mainly in MS. And I got interested in the field of neurology when I was a medical student, and specifically in MS when I was training during my residency. And it's a fascinating field from a scientific perspective. And I also really appreciate the opportunity to sort of follow people with a chronic disease and get mm -hmm. to know them and their families and feel like I'm a major part of their lives. Mm -hmm. Some doctors are looking for action. They're looking for drama. They want to do stroke and trauma and things like that. But I have a little bit of a different personality. I like to get people to, to know people over time and sort of help them with chronic diseases. So it's been a perfect fit for me. Mm -hmm. It's almost like um, you you are like along the journey with them. So I love that. that yes. That's pretty, that's very cool. Yes. We, Dana and I were just talking about bedside manner of certain doctors, not necessarily just neurologists, but just doctors in general. And that's super important, you know, to like match your personality with somebody who is similar to what you're describing. So right. yeah, that's really cool. And to feel like you have a doctor that's invested in your reality, right. not just prescribe some meds and call it a day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, Dr. Bieber, your book is just fantastic. Um, would you mind just telling us a little bit about it? I know that you, you writ you've written this book um, on resilience and it's resilience in the face of multiple sclerosis. I suggest um, everyone go and search for it and buy it. It's really good. Would you mind telling us um, what sparked your interest and in resilience and what made you write a book on resilience? Well, I was originally inspired a long time ago by reading this book called Anatomy of Hope by Jared Groupman. It's about hope in people with cancer. And it's a beautifully written book. And I read it as a medical student. And I've always had an interest in psychology. In fact, my father and sister are psychologists, and they actually helped me a lot with researching and writing the book. My sister wrote the foreword, and mm -hmm. my father gave me a lot of resources to help me out. And I've always had an interest in psychology. And when I started working with people with MS, I was really inspired by certain people who had a lot of problems with the disease, but just seemed to live amazing lives despite their adversity. And they seemed to be happy and productive people who had good relationships with people. And I naturally wondered, what is it that makes pe these people special? Is there something they all have in common? Is there something they're doing that maybe other people aren't doing? What can we learn from them, whether or not we have a chronic disease? Yeah, um, 
I I loved a, the there was a part in the book like right at the beginning and it was talking about adversity and how adversity brings growth and I completely agreed with that. I said, yeah, that it does. It, you know, making sure that you are learning something as you're going through this adversity, I think that helps tremendously. Like, what am I getting out of this? There's obviously a lesson here and you you can't, you really don't have an option but to grow when once you are faced with a challenge like MS. I, that's in my opinion. What do you think, Dana? <laughs> no, I agree. And there's actually one quote that, well, not just one, but one particular quote that I'm thinking of, and it's actually a quote in the foreword that was written by your sister. And I'm just going to read the quote. It really kind of struck, I think, you and uh I, Dawn. Um, So she writes, I remind myself that these stories are a particular subset of patients, those with health insurance. These stories are people with access to Dr. Bieber's care, expertise, and knowledge. Whenever we read a narrative, we might also ask ourselves, whose story or experience am I reading? What other stories are not being told? And that really spoke to me. And it's so important and true for people to realize that there are many more narratives and realities out there. And I think it's so important to consider that. In that context, how do you think that the adversity or the different types of adversity that people face influences the way that they practice resilience, if that makes sense? Well, I think that everyone's situation is unique. And Mm -hmm. the, the harsh reality is when facing very severe adversity, everyone is going to falter. And Mm -hmm. that was true for some of the people that I interviewed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To give an example, and I talk about this at the very beginning of the book, Sandra Roscoe, uh, when I interviewed her, she had fairly advanced progressive MS. She Mm -hmm. was using a wheelchair for many years. Mm -hmm. And she seemed like the happiest, most enthusiastic person. Mm -hmm. She was very politically active. She was considering running for mayor. She was doing something productive every day. And if you saw her at that moment, you might think, this is an amazing woman. She must have ice cold water running through her veins. Right. But the reality is if you had seen her 30 years ago, when she was first diagnosed with MS, she had a very severe aggressive relapse. No one knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. She wasn't diagnosed with MS until years later. Mm -hmm. She became severely depressed. She was institutionalized for depression. Mm -hmm. And that's the reality. She wasn't necessarily resilient at that time, right. uh, but, but her situation stabilized and she changed and grew over the years. And I hope that that may be an inspiration to some people, uh, particularly if they're relatively new in their diagnosis mm-hmm. with MS, if it seems like it's unbearable, uh, that you may grow and change over time. I, I can definitely relate to, to that, uh, not to her story, but what you just said. I didn't feel as if I was resilient initially when I was first diagnosed. And I, I, I know that I went into, it wasn't depression. It was more of denial. And Dana and mm-hmm. I discussed yes. that all the time throughout our po- several episodes of the podcast, how we were both in denial for many years. And I was diagnosed mm-hmm. in 2000 and really up until probably two, three, three years ago, I would say that's yeah. when I really just, I, I think I, accepted and adjusted. I began to say, okay, I have MS. It was almost as if I was afraid to be resilient. I was afraid to admit that 
yes, I am changing and I need to learn how to face all of these challenges and mm-hmm. fight through this, this adversity. And I, I feel that, that I've grown for sure. Right. What do you think, Dana? You th- no, definitely. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if the denial kind of, and I'm just talking, just talking this out, but I don't know if maybe the denial like paralyzes the resilience. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can you really practice resilience if you haven't accepted? I don't know. This is me right. talking that's, these feelings out. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. Right. And in one of our recent videos, uh, Dr. Bieber, or not recent, but one of our videos that we, we've done over past, I don't know, past few months or weeks, we were talking about resilience. And the MS Society actually, they produced a video and they um, also had this PDF um, that they put out in, into the interwebs. And there's a wonderful quote that Dana and I were, were discussing, and I can just read that quote and then we can talk about it. Um, it says, resilience helps create a mindset of growth and opportunities, of seeing obstacles as challenges rather than threats. What do you what do you think about that? That it's it's seen as, I guess, a challenge rather than a threat. What do you think of that? As resilience, resilience is seen that way. Well, I think that any adversity could, in some cases, cause beneficial side effects. Obviously, it's not good to have MS. No one would choose to have MS. But there's a lot of research by uh, Richard Tedeschi and Lawrence Calhoun about something that they call post-traumatic growth. Mm-hmm. People who experience something traumatic, whether it be developing a chronic illness or some negative event in their lives, of course, they could have depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But some people actually experience positive side effects. Some people are more aware of new opportunities and new possibilities they never would have thought of before. You know, for example, with Sandra Roscoe, she used to be a healthcare administrator, but she couldn't do that anymore after her illness. And then she ended up getting interested in politics and developed a whole second career. Mm -hmm. She never would have pursued that if it weren't for MS. Some people develop stronger relationships with others and stronger connections to others who suffer. A lot of people with MS become active in social Mm -hmm. media and with the National MS Society. Because you have weaknesses, you're forced to use new things that you never thought were important and you develop new personal strengths. Uh, while at the same time being more aware of your own vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Some people with uh, serious diseases realize that they value life more afterwards and are more appreciative of things that they may have taken for granted before. And some people experience a deeper spiritual life, sometimes resulting in a major change in philosophy. Right, Mm -hmm. right. I guess one of the things, like, as I really reflected on the quote that Dawn just read, you know, thinking about that, so this idea of resilience helping create this um, kind of mindset that views challenges or the things that people face as opportunity or not or obstacles as challenges rather than threats. I kind of took it to the extreme. Um, So, and I talk about this a little bit in the video. So let's take, for example, somebody who has MS and she is a single parent. She is unable to work because of her MS she was denied for disability. She has kids and she doesn't have money to feed them. She is, you know, facing eviction um, or foreclosure on her house. 
Um, her utilities are going to get shut off. I view these things as threats, and I'm not sure that somebody in that situation is really going to, you know, as they think back on that situation, really think about it as an opportunity for growth. And I don't know. I just feel like sometimes do we oversimplify resilience? I don't know. Not every adversity is an opportunity for mm -hmm. growth. You know, right. and I, so I saw the video you guys recorded yeah. on that. And in that situation, you know, it's hard to know what you could learn from that. Right, I, right. You're going to be focused on just surviving and just doing what you need to do to get to the next day. Right. Um, and there's no guarantee that an adversity is going to bring more good than bad. Right. It may bring more bad than good. But, yeah. you know, it is helpful, I think, to try to look for the good or see what you right. can make positive out of a negative mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess right. that's it's, all we can do. Yeah. Right. It's like the altruism that you talked about in the uh, in your video on resilience on YouTube. Um, you know, and just I think it was Everyday Matters. Um, was, I think that was who it's from. Uh, I can't re I, I remember her name was Dawn because she had this uh, first name <laughs> like me. But you had listed, you know, having a, the I think they talked about having a gratitude journal, mm -hmm. meditating, doing meditation, right. being altruistic, um, and the twenty second rule. Um, I think those are all wonderful pieces of this resilience puzzle, and you know, working through what you're you're you know facing on a day to day basis, um, because it's really challenging. I I don't know what to say about having MS. I mean, I don't know some days whether whether I want to like kick the door down or do I want to just sit there and cry? Um, right. And I think that I do have this innate sense to just be, just go and just do it and be resilient. Um, I don't know where that comes from, but yeah, um, <laughs> you know, exactly. Yeah. It really puts into perspective. Yeah. It really puts into perspective. I think the fact that resilience is a practice. It's not right. you know, a destination. It's really something that you have to kind of hone the skills to be resilient. I don't know. Right. It, it, yeah. I think it, it's a practice and it's certainly a process. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Bieber. Do you have anything else that you would love to add uh, to our conversation before we end? Uh, well, like I said before, you know, one of the messages I was trying to get across in the book is that I interviewed five people and obviously they may not be representative of the whole population. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I learned from them is one, they were all so different from each other and mm -hmm. they all did different things. You know, mm -hmm. for instance, Emily Spitz, who's chapter two, she's the kind of person that you would think of as classically resilient. She's right. a very strong person. Things just sort of roll off of her. She right. reacts to things by toughing it out. But really, not all of them were like that. Some of them were sort of more laid back, sort mm -hmm. of you know, just trying to accept things, like you guys mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, Sandra Roscoe, she was able to get into something new. Uh, for, right. for a few of the people I interviewed, religion and spirituality was very important to them. Mm -hmm. For Barbara Richardson, her family life was very important to her. And they all sort of did different things, different things to relax, different things to cope with adversity. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing is there's sort of a balance between what psychologists call assimilative and accommodative coping. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, one form of coping is to sort of accept things, accept things that you cannot control. Mm -hmm. But another thing, another form of coping is to fight back. And of course, you don't want to just accept MS. You want to get whatever medical treatment you need. Right. You want to make sure to pay attention to your diet and lifestyle. You want to try to uh, adapt to your environment if you have certain disabilities that you need to adapt to. And I think there's sort of a, a balance between the two. If you're always sort of fighting so hard that you never accept it, you're going to burn out. Right. Or if you accept everything, you're not going to do the things that you need to do to sort of minimize the problems related to the illness. So I think right. there's a balance between these two things. And everyone does things a little bit differently. And like I said, even people who falter initially may show tremendous resilience in the long run. So don't become discouraged if you're having trouble initially. Yes, that is Absolutely. so true. That right. is so true. And I, I really appreciated the diverse um group that you had, I think it was yes. five people that you interviewed, because it does give you a different perspective. You know, I'm reading about the, their lives and like a lot of your past probably plays a huge role in how you've managed and faced what, you know, the next step is. And the next step is, of course, them having MS or dealing with having multiple sclerosis. So mm -hmm. um, I think that plays a lot. Um, that plays a huge role, you know, like how do, how were you raised? What happened in your past and your exactly. family? Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely influences the way that you approach. Yes. Situations. Well, yeah. I tried to write a little bit about their childhood and their background. And a right. lot of people that I interviewed talked about some sort of strong role model that they had earlier in life. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, Emily Spitz, her father had a brachial plexus injury and wasn't able to use one arm, but he was still very active and had a very mm -hmm. physical job. Mm -hmm. And uh, Barbara Richardson, her father was injured in a serious burn accident and, and their family was very poor for a long period because he wasn't able to work. Mm -hmm. And uh, Miguel Hernandez, he remembers when his mother, uh, who didn't really speak a lot of English when she came to the United States, she was very hardworking. She worked in a jean sewing factory and she would take the clothing home at night and be working into the late hours of the night just to make a little more money for the family. So a lot of people did have like a strong role model that mm -hmm. taught them a little bit about how to deal with adversity. Right. Absolutely. I encourage our listeners and our followers to definitely look for Dr. Bieber's book and read it. Um, it it's certainly uh, an eye-opener and it's it's heartwarming and, and with some of these stories that, that he just explained and um, it will definitely give you another way of thinking about resilience. Yes, uh, it ad definitely adds perspective. Definitely. Certainly. certainly. Dr. Bieber, where can people find you online? Because your YouTube videos are fantastic. Uh, so I post on Twitter about MS news and research, and then I'm making YouTube videos once every Wednesday. And if you have any video requests, please post in the comments and I'll try to get around to it eventually. Fantastic. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And thank yes, you for thank having me you. on and happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Yes, thank you. Thank you. thank you for tuning in to the Mylan and Melanin podcast. As usual, you can find us on the web at mylanandmelanin.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mylan Melanin. We also have a YouTube channel. Please subscribe. It's fantastic. Yes. We also have a wonderful, wonderful episode with Dr. Mitzi Williams. 
that will start our season three. It, she's our season three opener. It will be streaming on January 18th, 2020. Yes. So yes. So please tune in. Yes. Make sure you tune in and yeah, we will talk to you guys soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.